Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. I'm broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Early odds a couple hours earlier than normal once again. We'll be back to an 8 a.m. start next week. BetQL's countdown to kickoff here 7 to 9 this morning. Don't forget, while you're running around today, you'll be able to hear both divisional round games right here on 670. The score sides, totals, and player props coming your way over the next hour on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Let's start things off by going out to the El Pamonte Nissan hotline, El Pamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. We're bringing my friend Frank Schwab at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter, covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports. Check out his great work over there. Frank, divisional round, arguably the best sports weekend of the year. Maybe some would debate that after the six games we got last week, back-to-back triple headers. That was a lot of fun. But what is your confidence level going into these four games today and tomorrow? (laughs) I wish it was better. I wish it it was one of those seasons where I started great and then December was rough. Last weekend wasn't – it was okay. It wasn't wasn't great by any means. So there's one game I really love this week and then the other three – I'm uh, I'm really on the fence about it, but I'm excited for all of them. You're right. This is a great weekend. I, I enjoy all playoff weekends, all playoff games. They're all special. They're all great. And this one, we get the, the big dogs playing. Some, I think all four matchups are really, really intriguing, and I'm just looking forward to some football this weekend. It was funny. This year, I think it took most of us a while in our handicapping to completely eliminate home field advantage. And I'm sure next year, maybe at the start, we won't be thinking enough about home field advantage. Or maybe it'll be the complete opposite. Where people, Oh, remember, crowds are back. It's going to be such a big change. And, and we'll just uh, input maybe four or five points instead of the standard <laughs> two and a half. 
It's one of those things where I do think home field advantage was already eroding with or without fans. I, I don't know. You, you probably know the exact stat, but it's somewhere close to that. The point differential in 2019 for road teams was, it was either a plus or, you know, barely a minus. It was pretty much road teams played even with home teams in 2019. So yeah, I had pretty much eliminated it already. And then, you know, obviously with the, with the virus, no fans and all that, it was just it, not a factor to me. Pretty a little bit, maybe I was giving up a, a half point a point, but no more than that. I just and I, I do. I wonder how we're going to adjust. I wonder how the books are going to adjust because if they adjust too much, I'm actually willing to to just stick by the fact that home field advantage is is kind of dead in the NFL. It's it's not what it was, you know, for us yeah. guys who have been betting for our whole lives. Basically, it's not what it used to be, where you just you automatically looked at a home team and worked your way backwards. This is, it's just a different deal. And it would kind of bother me when I would hear people say in sports media, radio, TV, wherever, when bringing up the points of, well, you know, you get three points for home. No, you don't. Maybe in Seattle, maybe in Kansas city. Yeah. That was about it. Not a lot of places. Superdome, Green Bay, the cold. I mean, (laughs) there weren't many. Uh huh. No doubt about it. But let's keep it to this year because it's going to be a lot of fun this afternoon. Kicks us off with the divisional round and not too far from here. Just head up north to Lambeau Field. We've got the Packers and the Rams. Now, I'm a little surprised that this thing jumped inside of a touchdown early on in the week. And we're still sitting there at six and a half late in the week. Sharp money earlier in the week on the L.A. Rams. We're at six and a half. A total of 45 and a half. Uh, give me a key or two to this matchup in your play. Yeah, and I, I think we got we got to start with this, and it's the big matchup for a reason, and that's Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey. And I, I think that the Rams are one of the few teams that can make the Packers play left-handed on offense, where we know they want to get Devontae Adams the ball. He averaged, I think, 10.9 targets per game this year. He's so he's great. Everybody knows that. But Jalen Ramsey's, I think if we're talking about who are the shutdown corners in the NFL, maybe Xavier Howard, who had a great, great year. If you said the only true shutdown corner right now is Jalen Ramsey, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I can agree with that. He shut down DK Metcalf. He shut down Amari Cooper. He shut down Terry McLaurin. He shut down De- DeAndre Hopkins. Whoever Jalen Ramsey has faced this year, number one receiver-wise, he has just taken them out of the game, basically. And I don't think you can hold – Devontae Adams to, you know, five yards or anything, but I don't think he's going to go for 120 either. I think that Ramsey kind of nullifies Adams, and then my question becomes, what's the Packers' counterpunch? Where do they go from there? It ain't Marcus Vale at Scantling. Probably ain't Alan Lazard. I don't know if it's Robert Tunyon. We talked about this all offseason, basically, especially after the draft they had and not adding any receivers in free agency. Who helps Devontae Adams? If you can't get the ball to Devontae Adams, who do you go to? Hasn't been a problem all year because Devontae's been so great. But I think in this matchup, he he doesn't go crazy. I, I've already taken the under on yards for him in the prop. I think I got the 76 and a half. I think Ramsey limits him to about 50 yards. And then the question becomes, what do the Packers do next if Devontae Adams isn't carrying the offense? Yeah, there are a lot of uh, things that are up in the air for me. And I think this matchup is one of them. The number one focus is Ramsey on Adams. Adams, obviously, the number one target in Green Bay. And while you said, is Ramsey the best cornerback? Yeah. And Adams might be the best wide receiver, right, too. Right. And I, I was watching the matchup with Metcalf last week pretty closely. And Ramsey wasn't on him 100% of the time. Uh, there have been foreshadowed situations of late. And 
What's fascinating is Ramsey has only gone in the slot for 10 combined snaps. Adams plays out of the slot 26% of the time. So you've got to imagine LaFleur is going to try to set it up where he can get away from Ramsey and really add a lot to this offense. We, and we know he can. All year we watched him go right down the field. First touchdown of the game, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae right. Adams so many times this season. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. The health of Cooper Cup coming off the knee stuff. How does Jared Goff's thumb look in the cold? It's going to be right around freezing. Not awful when you think of Lambeau Field in middle January. And Aaron Donald. How healthy and impactful is he going to be on that defensive line for the Rams? So a lot of different interesting angles. What I do think, Frank, people are completely blowing up. The narrative is just out of control. Is Jared Goff in cold weather? We've seen him in freezing temps a couple of times. And and one of them was Sunday night football for me going up against the Bears at Soldier Field. That was Mm -hmm. memorable because his body language told you he wanted nothing to do with that game. And you remember a guy uh, in the Colorado area when he went up against Denver. He didn't want anything to do with that cold weather either. And he 0-2 against the spread, no touchdowns, five interceptions in those two games. But the reason I say the narrative's out of control is because we're talking about a whole sample size of two. And Frank, those two instances we're discussing, great defenses. Green Bay's not on that level. No, no, they're sure not. And I think it's less, for me, when I think about Jared Goff, it's less about the cold. Oh, it doesn't help. It's more about how he played last week. I, I mean, so much of our analysis in the NFL, and I hate this so much. You know this. I know this. That quarterback wins aren't really a thing. They're not. And I think because the Rams won last week, everybody just glossed over the fact that Jared Goff did not look good at any point in that game. He threw the one nice touchdown at the end, but he did not, he did not look healthy to me. I, he looked like a guy who was struggling to throw the football. I know what he said after he's, Oh, no big deal. Yeah. I'm not, maybe not hundred percent, but I'm fine. I don't buy that at all. He was a guy who was struggling to throw the ball. And I think the Packers are going to test that. They're not going to let Cam Akers just run wild on them. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to say, Hey, it, we're going to make Jared Goff throw the ball. And if he can throw it, that's great. But we're, we're not going to, we're not going to act like Jared Goff is hundred percent. Cause I don't think he is. I don't think the film showed that he is. So cold weather or not, he just didn't look good last week. And I wonder if he looks better seven days, you know, seven more days removed from thumb surgery. I, I don't know, but it's hard for me to believe that a guy less than three weeks after having surgery on a broken thumb is going to be able to throw the ball. Like he usually does. It's just, it's just illogical to believe that it, that's the case. Yeah, Rams' path to victory, certainly through Cam Akers, not through Jared Goff's arm. I'm on the Packers minus six and a half. I'll be teasing the Packers. How about you? I I think I'm leaning Rams. This is a game I don't – I've gone back and forth on. Their defense does match up well. I'm going to just believe in Aaron Donald being close to 100% because even Aaron Donald, 50% is better than most defenders in the league. I I think that he's going to gut it out. He's going to play well. I think they're going to be, do, be able to do enough to limit Green Bay on offense. Again, make them play left-handed, I think. It's an interesting – you made a great point about Adams in the slot, and I, they might do some of that. But I still think the Rams just have to commit to it. You just have to say, you follow Devontae Adams if he's in the slot, if he's out wide, if he's on the sideline, if he's going getting popcorn, if he's going to the bathroom at halftime. Who else you got to worry about? You're not worrying about Alan Lazard. So – I, I think that that matchup still looms for me, and I'll take the Rams just because I do think they match up well. But uh, it's almost it almost has to be a low-scoring game for them. If, if, if Green Bay gets above 24, I think that it's it, it, you're, you're probably on the right side at that point. 
Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, my guest, Frank Schwab of yahoosports.com. One thing I do know about these four matchups, Frank, is that the game going down tonight in Buffalo is probably the one that isn't going to be a blowout. There's blowout potential in a lot of these games, but not Ravens bills, Buffalo favored by two and a half. There have been some threes available in the market out there. Total of 49 and a half. What's your handicap of this one? I've been saying this uh, a couple other shows I've done this week that you know how you get to the NCAA tournament in basketball and there's two teams you just love. You've been playing on them for months you love them. You can't wait to bet on them in the tournament. And the bracket comes out and they're matched up against each other. I've been loving I've been betting on the Ravens and Bills uh, weeks now. And they've been so good to me. I think I had this stat that if you just bet the Ravens and Bills for the last, I think it's six weeks. If you just bet the Ravens and Bills every week, you're 11 and one against the spread. And the only time, obviously, the Bills didn't cover last week. Wow. But these teams have been on a roll. Wait, hey, repeat that 11 and one number again? Yes, because the Ravens have covered, I believe, six in a row. The Bills covered five in a row before last week. I think that's the stat. It, it was in my it was in my picks column. So these teams have just been great lately. It is not just they're kind of winning and getting by, like the Chiefs, who we're going to talk about in a second. These are two teams that are blowing teams out. They're winning by double digits. They're winning comfortably. They're covering spreads. They've been phenomenal. And I, I don't know who to pick. I honestly don't know. Anna, Joe, <laughs> if you told if you ask me in an hour, I might change my mind. Because the Ravens are a team I picked before the season to win the Super Bowl. I'm such a sucker for the old Chicago Bulls-Jordan narrative of you get beat in the playoffs and beat in the playoffs, and then you, you climb the mountain. Yes. I thought the Ravens were ready to do that. I thought the Ravens were going to say, hey, we lost last year. We're going to come back this year stronger. Uh, they didn't. Now, you know, the last five, six weeks, we've seen that team. We really have. They've been great, especially underground. I don't know if it snows, how that affects things. Lamar Jackson talking about never playing in a snow game before does worry me. I can't lie, but that seems like a team that's built for the snow. They they're running for like two sixty four a game over the last five or something crazy like that. Four or four against the Bengals. We've, we've all seen it. They can run the ball so well. The bills are so good though. I mean, they, as a good football team, I, I took some of their futures right at the end of the regular season when the Super Bowl. I, th- I thought they were still getting value. I think I got them about seven and a half to one. Uh, I, I just think this is a great game. I, I think of all 13 playoff games, this will be the number one game. We're going to be talking about this one for a long time. I'm leaning Bills right now. The Bills are playing such good football that, uh, if you, especially if you can get under three, that they're going to keep it going. They're going to keep rolling. They're going to stay hot. But, I mean, it's honestly one of those, if you give me three and a half, I'll probably take the Ravens. I just right. – I, I, I just this game is the one where I'm just going to sit back and watch. I'm not going to have a lot of action on it because – and maybe bet it live or something because I don't have any idea. This is that's how good this matchup is. I could I can really call it either way. What a quarterback matchup we're going to see tonight. Lamar Jackson against Josh wow. Allen. So much of this league uh, dominated by the young quarterback play. We'll get to the old quarterback play for the Sunday matchup. But you're right. You hit on a lot of the key points with the Ravens, the way they're running the ball right now. And Josh Allen against the Blitz. So how's Baltimore going to play it? Uh, Allen has 17 passing touchdowns against the Blitz. That's number one in the NFL. Yeah. And, and what Diggs has done to that offense, my goodness. What I mean, just they're going to force feed him the ball. He's going to get his. When they set his props, it's in the 90s every week. That's how dominant that Diggs has been. The part that we don't talk enough about, is this Ravens defense. We could just kind of gloss over it. And and you look last week and that Titans offense, we know how explosive they are on the ground. And at times they have been through the air as well. Their offensive coordinator might be getting a head coaching gig. They allowed 83 yards 
after the first quarter against the Tennessee Titans. And, and you're getting three. If you're giving me three, I'm going to be taking the Ravens. Big fan. You know, it's funny. Some of the stuff that we're hearing. Okay, this is the hot team. This team has the great coaching. Young quarterback, very exciting. I'm like, you can say that about both teams in this matchup. <laughs> right. Well coached, both good quarterbacks, both both teams that have explosive weapons on offense. It's just a phenomenal matchup. I know everybody wants me to stand on the table and say my lock of the year is this. This game, I, I'm flipping coins. I'm yeah, flipping coins. I, 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 I love both of these teams coming down the stretch. And, and I not are matched up, but what do I do? Yeah, I understand. I don't think I'm that far off from you. And if we're talking about flipping a coin, give me the plus three then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. All right, Frank Schwab, NFL writer at Yahoo Sports. Sit tight. Let's dig into tomorrow's games next. You're listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, usually 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, hours before the start of the divisional round weekend on 670, the score in the radio.com app. If you're into the sports betting side of sports, you like what you hear, usually here at 8 a.m. on Saturdays, my guest Frank Schwab at Yahoo Sports, a successful handicapper, finished 33rd in the Super Contest a few years back. Very difficult to do. All right, let's go to the Sunday matchups. We're going to start things off Sunday afternoon around 2 o'clock. The Browns and the Chiefs, okay? So the Chiefs return to action after their bye. We know the success of one Andy Reid 
with extra time to prepare, dominate straight up, but will he cover the point spread? That's the key, because the number is 10, total of 57. Do you have a strong opinion on Casey Cleveland? I do. This is my second favorite game on the card as far as betting-wise, and I, I, you know me, I don't try to be a contrarian. I don't go out of my way for something controversial. So I hope I'm not doing that here, but are the Kansas City Chiefs really as good as we've been led to believe? Honestly, like I know that their record was great, but this is a team that has not covered a spread since November 1st when they beat the the New York Jets. Since then, they have not won a game by more than one score. And I'm not saying double-digit wins or or two-score wins are the absolute be-all, end-all of a great team. But you look at the Buffalo Bills, for example. In their last eight games, they went 7-1. and The one loss was the Hail Mary game. The seven wins were all by double digits, not counting the playoff game last week. The Baltimore Ravens, I think, won four of their last five. They won their last five, and four of them were by double digits. The Kansas City Chiefs have not won a game by double digits since the Jets on November 1st. That's a long time in the NFL. And if you're truly a dominant team, if we're talking about you as one of the great teams of all time, and I, you know, I do a lot of you know, shows and stuff, radio, whatever, and I've heard the question so often over the last month, are the Chiefs unbeatable? No, they're not unbeatable. They're not. They're, they're very, very good. If they turned it on and, and you know, went 85 Bears in the playoffs and just blew three teams out and won a title, nobody would be surprised. I wouldn't either. But based on what we've seen out of the last two months, I don't think this has been a dominant team. We all know the talent they have, the upside they have. They could hang a 50 spot on the Browns this, on Sunday, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Nobody would. But based on what we've seen, I'm taking the Browns plus 10 and feeling pretty good about it. I, I think this team is confident. They just slayed a lot of dragons in Pittsburgh last week. They went in, won a road playoff game for the first time since the new Browns came back. Did so without their head coach and Denzel Ward. Uh, it was a big loss. And the, the, both of those guys coming back. I think they go into this game with some swagger. I think they're, they're playing well. Like Baker Mayfield's playing well. He is not turning the ball over. This Browns team can run the ball. They can keep the Chiefs off the field most of the time. I, I think that this is going to be a close game, and I'm not even ruling out the Browns winning. I know and you could play this back on Monday, and I might wow. sound like an idiot for saying this, Yeah, but I think this is going to be a close game because that's all the Chiefs have played in two months is close games. So why would I all of a sudden lay 10 with them other than the name value and the reputation? The results just haven't been there for the Chiefs in a long time. There's a scenario. There is that scenario there. And you're right. We can't say it enough. They haven't covered since they were favored by 19 and a half against the Jets. Two points against Carolina, a four-point game against the Raiders, a field goal game against the Bucs, six-point game against Broncos, six against the Dolphins, field goal game against the Saints, field goal game against the Falcons. They lost to the Chargers when they didn't care in week number 17. I don't think you can say that enough. And, And it seems to me... The way the public is thinking, it's 10 because the public's betting 10. Yep, absolutely. I I think it's only going to go up probably before we get to this game tomorrow. Yeah, and Denzel Ward is back. We can't state that one enough, especially in this matchup with all of the weapons that Pat Mahomes has here. And the path to victory is trying to keep Pat Mahomes on the sideline as much as possible. Can the Browns do that? Yep. The strength of this team, offensive line and run game, It doesn't appear that they're going to have Conklin out there tomorrow, but that's how you do it. Chubb is on a roll. They've been doing a nice job working in Hunt as well. And that Kansas City run defense, second to last in the NFL in rush DVOA. I'm with you. 
Browns plus 10. I hope uh, I hope everybody else isn't jumping aboard, but I really like the Browns. Yeah, I, I just think I just think it's too many points. Now, again, I mean, no playoff games are locks. No NFL bets. Are, no bets, period, are no. locked. This so could be a 40-point could... game. This could be, oh, uh-huh. see, 100%. I told you, they flipped yep. on the switch. They were bored during yep. the regular season. Yep, absolutely. 100% agree with you. If, if you ask me which is the game that could be the biggest blowout, I'd say Browns Chiefs. <laughs> that is as weird as that sounds, just saying, like, I think the Browns even have a chance to, you know, to pull off the 2011 Giants, 2019 Titans type of upset. Uh, yeah, but I still think that if you're telling me one of these games is going to end up being a, a team gets boat raced by 45 points, yeah, it's the Chiefs. Of course it's the Chiefs. But right now, I, I need to see it before I, I start backing them again. Uh, certainly fair. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 the score. My guest this week, Frank Schwab at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter. Check out his work, yahoosports.com. Brady versus Breeze to wrap things up, Frank. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Saints are favored by a field goal. A total of 52. So all the chatter about the offensive weapons on Tampa Bay and on New Orleans. But let's keep in mind, these are two top five defenses going at it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the game I'm most confident in. When I saw the spread, I'm like, how are the Saints only minus three here? I watched this game twice. And in both of those games, the Saints were the clearly superior team. What's changed? What has changed since week one, week nine? I get it. I guess Antonio Brown is playing well lately. Fine. That, that, and that's a factor. I'm not saying it's not. But basically, these are the same teams that played both of those times. First game, Saints up 24-7. They end up winning by 11. Second game, we all remember, you know, 31 zip of the half, 38-7 after they took their foot off the gas. I don't think that there's anything different. The Saints are at home, and I know that home field doesn't mean much, but okay, it's at least that. They don't have to go on the road. And this is a team that's been burned in the playoffs so that they're looking to, you know, they're they're not going to get caught sleeping by any means, especially not against a division rival like this. And I just don't see why the saints can't do this again. And I I know everybody listens to you and me and you both know this. They're not going to get fooled by this whole dumb old narrative of it's tough to beat a team three times in a season. No, it's not. The history is not there for that. (laughs) We've all heard this stat this week. 21 times in NFL history, a team has swept the other in a regular season and then met them in the playoffs. In those 21 games, the team that swept in the regular season is 14 and seven. Mm-hmm. I believe it's 12 and five when that team is at home. There's a reason that there's a reason the Saints won the first two meetings. There's a reason a team sweeps the other in the regular season. I just think the matchup is bad for the Bucs. I just simply think the Saints are better in every single way. I get. I get Brady's playing great. Ultimate respect for Tom Brady and what he's doing at his age. But I think the Saints defense is really, really underrated. For some reason, the return of Michael Thomas is kind of underrated. I haven't heard anybody talking about that. This guy is, you can have the Bucks three receivers. I'll take Michael Thomas over any of them. And Alvin Kamara's back in the lineup and even got kind of a, a involuntary rest in week 17. I, I just don't know why I'd pick the Bucs. If you're picking the Bucs, you would have to convince me, why is this game different than the other two that I saw? And, and you can't use the old, well, stuff to beat a team three times because we know that's not true. It's actually kind of easy to beat a team three times once you've beat them twice. Somebody would have to convince me why to take the Bucks at, at only plus three. If it's plus seven, sure. But my, minus three, give me a field goal at the Saints. I, I don't see why I wouldn't take that. Well, I'll try. I will okay. try. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the three times. You are 100% accurate. You know, two-thirds of the time, when they meet that third time, the same team wins uh, three times in a row. Now, Marshawn Lattimore has been awesome against Mike Evans. Yep. Now, thankfully for the Bucks, 
they do have some other weapons out there. But uh, to be fair, when they've matched up the last three games, 72 routes, when Lattimore's been on Evans, zero catches on six targets. But Brady does have these other weapons. Brady's playing his best ball of the year. And that's oh, been that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know some of that is against soft defenses after their week 13 by they had Detroit, Atlanta, Minnesota. I get that. And I was one of those people on Washington last week. I was happy to hit it. Part of my handicap was the football team's pressure that they were going to get on Brady. And that was pretty non-existent for most yes, they of the shot, game. They shot that defensive line out. Respect yeah, the, to them. Yeah, that Bucks offensive line was impressive last week, and they had seven yards per play against Washington. They've been a top-five defense throughout much of the year, and Brady has all of his weapons now. He hasn't had that much of the year. With Godwin and A.B., and I know he's old, but he has a lot of, uh, lot of experience in the playoffs, 12 receiving touchdowns over the years with Gronk. You know, he, he's nowhere near what he once was. But he's our number four guy. He's probably yeah. the best number four guy in the league. Yeah, and, and I get that. And I'm throwing week one out. I, I know I probably shouldn't, but I am. Brady's first game with these teammates, uh, first game in this offense. I'm throwing week one out. Okay. It worries me what happened in the middle of the year, Sunday night football, complete blowout when everybody was expecting a good game. Oh, yeah. I, think I was the on the Bucks, Bucks that day. Yeah. I, I think the Bucks show up, and I think it's going to be a, a field goal game. So I'm going to take the side where you're giving me three points. I, you know, I mean, I respect it. I respect your opinion, obviously. And I'm, I'm listening. I just, I don't see it. You make a good point with, as far as Brady versus Washington last week, that was his most impressive performance, maybe the full year. I don't think people really realized, uh, you know, sharp guys who do a lot of betting or listening probably realize, but I don't think the public as large knew how good Washington's defense was all year. I mean, they were they're fantastic. They're a great unit. That defense line is fierce. And they never got any pressure on Brady. And I think one X factor, I will say Antonio Brown's an X factor. He's come alive lately. Yeah. We all know his talent. I don't like him as a dude, but we all know if he's kind of just playing football and not getting into all the nonsense, he can transform a football game. And it, if Lattimore takes Evans out, what do the what did the Bucks do in the first two meetings? They didn't have a lot. Well, now they got Godwin and Brown. Like you got to account for both of those guys. I, I will say that that does. If there's one thing that worries me. It's the thought that Antonio Brown just goes nuts, has 120 yards in this game, a couple touchdowns, and that's how they win because that wasn't there in the first two meetings. Yeah. But I still don't see it. I, I still just think if you match up, you know, position by position on the on the Saints versus the Bucks, I give the nod to, to the Saints just about everyone except okay. like two and three receiver. You know, obviously the Bucks have the edge there. I could even give the edge to quarterback. Does, I, does, I does think... either team have a glaring weakness? No. I don't think so. Maybe the Bucks yep. running game. I don't think the Bucks running game is great. The Bucks secondary is not great. But I think that, you know, you look at, you know, the I, I don't know that the Saints' weapons besides Michael Thomas are great either. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is okay. And, I, I mean, they're going to get the Taysom Hill nonsense. I, I'm already dreading that being already on the Saints. <laughs> but, but every All of Twitter hates Taysom Hill so much, unless you I have an anytime it. touchdown prop. It's on. just like, oh, great. We're taking one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time off the field for Taysom Hill. I'm going to run him. Like everybody, knows, everybody in the world knows he's going to run up the middle right here. <laughs> uh, I run that zone read. Uh, but I, I just, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll tip my cap. But I just, at this moment, well, listening to everything you have to say and understanding sure. the Bucks are a very good football team. I just can't wrap my head around how this game's different than the first two. Even if you take out week one, week nine was such a blowout. And it I was. get it. Games get away from teams at times, and that does happen. But I just think the Saints are a better football team, and I'm only laying three, so I don't really worry about that. 
I hope it's not too much recency bias on my end, but I I was not all that impressed with New Orleans last week against the Bears. I think they did what they needed to do. I think that was uh, Sean Payton knows exactly. I, I And this happened on the first drive of the game. You might remember it. The Saints are at like the 41-yard line or something, and it's fourth and three, fourth and four. And that's usually a Sean Payton go-for-it moment. And they punted. And immediately I thought, this is Peyton almost sending a message or just revealing his thought process of Mitch Trubisky ain't scoring on us. We're going to punt the ball to you. We don't care. Well, kind of right. Kind of yeah. right. And I think they knew exactly Bears ain't scoring more than 10, 14 points in this game. We don't really need to, we don't need to break out the big guns here. We, we're going to, it's the Belichick thing. We're going to score as, le- as much as we need to win. And that's it. Yeah, they weren't impressive. It was seven, what, seven three in the third quarter. And I was getting nervous as a guy who had the Saints on a lot of teasers just about every way you can and i was getting nervous and then they broke it open a little bit and i felt better but you're right they didn't look impressive last week but i just think that this is a team i think they're a very very good football team and i think that you know i, I think if it's saints packers and in, in the championship game i think that's gonna be a phenomenal matchup because i think the saints match up well against the packers too and i'll probably be on the saints in that game as well i just think that you know for all their their misses in the playoffs lately, their heartbreaks in the playoffs lately. I think that the Saints team still has one run left in them, and and we'll see. It's going to be a great game either way. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think this is the right way to wrap up the weekend here. So, Frank, just to clarify, you mentioned at the top there's one game you really, really like, and the rest of it is a lot of leans because these lines are very tight, but that one game that you are a big fan of is Stefanski and company with Cleveland, right? No, no, Saints. Saints are my Saints. Team. Oh, the Saints. Browns are number two. The Browns I like. The Browns are, okay. are more than a lean. I, I've already played the Browns. The Sunday game. Two games today, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I'll have some action just because it's the playoffs and I like it. But it's going to be just, yeah, it's going to be enough to buy me guacamole at, uh, at, at Chipotle when I make my order. It ain't going to be a lot. That's Frank Schwab at Yahoo Schwab. Find his work, yahoosports.com. Frank, enjoyed the visit as always, and uh, best of luck with your picks over the next couple of days. These, these are tough ones. Yeah, absolutely. Best of luck to your picks, too, except the Bucks. I can't be with you on the Bucks. <laughs> that, that's always the only one. It. That's the only one where we're, we're clearly opposite. Yeah, I know. That, and that worries me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was hoping you would be with me, but I, I'm on an island here. I got to tell my medicine on Sunday. You're not, man. Everyone I've talked to, everyone I've heard this week is saying New Orleans. Oh, well, I don't like Maybe that. So. that doesn't I don't like that. Make I, feel I, I don't want to be on with everybody either. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thank you, man. Good work from Frank at Yahoo Sports. The score listener line powered by BetQL. BetQL, bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We just went over the sides for the weekend, but what about the player props? We'll hear from an expert next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, typically 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. You've got Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Hope your weekend is off to a pleasant start. Let's take a look at some player props for these four divisional round games. My weekday sports betting show called Bet Sweats Live 9 to 11 a.m. on the Radio.com app. Support the podcast by subscribing. Michael Beller from the Athletic Fantasy Pages on the show to dissect his favorite props. Hey, man, I'm just happy to be here with you, Joe. You're a Chicago guy. I'm a Chicago guy. We got Eli behind the scenes and other Chicago guys. So I know you know what I'm saying when I say that I am very uh, happy to collaborate with you guys here today. <laughs> I'm so thrilled. So I was on the air late last night. I finally got to react to uh, the whatever you want to call that, that, that press conference was the other day. And, and I'm like, 
why am I more stressed about the Bears after the season than, than even during the season? Because they are clueless. And this is kind of therapy. Like I, We're talking about quality quarterback play in these mm-hmm. four games this weekend. Some excellent coaching going on in these matchups. I can't wait. I can't wait too, man. And uh, hopefully we get to see that in Chicago one of these days, but probably not 2021. Yeah, not not under the current regime, not until Ted Phillips leaves, which might be another 21 years. Yeah, George. Oh, George. When you're thinking about player props, any game on the board, we don't have to go in chronological order. What is the matchup game script? You think it is all lining up, and, and if it's more than one player, feel free to keep on rolling. Where, where does it all line up for you, where you love the number for betters right now? You know, the first one is actually probably not the most popular one, and it is the first game on the board, Packers and Rams. I I think the Packers end up controlling this game. I know that the Rams have the formula to slow down the Packers offense uh, with Aaron Donald, with Jalen Ramsey being able to match up with Devontae Adams. I I just don't really see it happening. I think the Packers have proved themselves to be the class of the NFC over the balance of this season, and we're not exactly sure the state of Aaron Donald's health, obviously, He's going to be out there, but if he's out there at less than 100%, you know, that evens out or maybe even swings the balance of the Packers losing David Bakhtiari. So the first thing that I jumped on this week was Aaron Rodgers. The prop is 259.5 for his uh, passing yardage over under, and I really like that one. I think the Packers ultimately do control this game. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers have really good games and still come underneath that number. Just go back to week 17 against the Bears, four touchdowns but didn't quite get the 260 passing yards. Week 17 against the Titans, also a four-touchdown game for Aaron Rodgers. Didn't get there uh, quite uh, to that level and was a very efficient thrower of the ball in both of those games. But I still think that this is a game that, if the Packers do end up covering the six-and-a-half, is mostly dominated by Aaron Rodgers and not so with the run game. I like the fact that they are going to uh, move Devontae Adams around, be creative with him, figure out ways to get him away from Jalen Ramsey. And I think that's something that he is more equipped to do than DK Metcalf. I don't think we can necessarily point to DK Metcalf and what Jalen Ramsey did against him three times and say, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be in a little bit of trouble here. Devontae Adams is one of the best route technicians in the league. And so I think that they can get him away and really you can line him up anywhere, outside the numbers on either side of the field, in the slot on either side of the field, and even beat Ramsey in that single coverage. So I think that the Packers passing game is still going to be the greatest force in the Packers-Rams matchup. And so I trust Aaron Rodgers to get to that 260 number. He's the first guy I look to. I will keep it rolling for you here a yeah. second. J.K. Dobbins, 57 and a half is his uh, yardage over under, his rushing yardage. I like the over on that one too. And I think that's a game that all the guys who we uh, typically count on to do what they do, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on Buffalo's side, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, even Marquise Brown with the way we've seen him play over the last month or so on Baltimore's side. I think this is going to be a game that is defined by the offenses, not like we saw between Baltimore and Tennessee last week. And so with J.K. Dobbins, the way that they've got him folded into the offense over the last, what, six weeks or so, I think that 57-and-a-half number is looking pretty attractive. I like him to go over that as well. All right, Rodgers over 259, Dobbins over 57-and-a-half. Some specific players that I wanted to ask you about. So you like the Packers laying the 6-and-a-half. We're on the same page uh, the player prop that is getting a lot of chatter this week is Cam Akers. Why? Because of volume. Mm-hmm. 28 rushes, 21, 15, 29, 21. 
if the game script is Green Bay jumping out ahead, we've seen that a lot this year, and then they dial it back in the second half, let their opponent in the game a little bit. I don't, I don't yep. think that's going to happen this time around. But um, if the Packers do control the game, would you be scared off on a, a Cam Akers prop? Because, you know, he's not successful every time, but mm-hmm. he gets his touches. Yeah, I am scared off that Cam Akers prop. 70 and a half feels like a blinking light. Like, you know, we should be liking this, even if we like the Packers. What I like, though, with Cam Akers is the rushing plus receiving prop. That's sitting at 87 and a half right now. And if I am inclined to bet on Cam Akers, I, that's, where, that's the route that I'm going to go because – I think they have to keep him involved no matter what. Maybe he doesn't get to that 20-plus carry mark if we are right about the way uh, that we expect this game to go with Green Bay being in control of it. But with Cooper Cup not quite 100% and with this team already being at a playmaker deficit, they really can't take the ball out of Cam Akers' hands. Maybe they have to take the runaway a little bit, but they got to figure out ways to get him involved no matter what the game looks like. And so that's really the thing that is more intriguing to me with Cam Akers. 87 and a half, I think that's a number he can get to. And maybe we're wrong about it. Maybe he still just gets there on the rushing alone. But I want a little bit of insurance against the Packers being in control of this game. And I think no matter what, Cam Akers has played himself into a a place where at this stage of the season, he's game script independent. We maybe wouldn't have been so confident in this back in the beginning of the season. Daryl Henderson getting a little bit more involved in the passing game. We know they like to go to Malcolm Brown on third down. But where this team stands now, Cam Akers is the guy. Cam Akers is going to be out there a lot on Saturday, no matter how this game goes. So I think that is really the intriguing prop with him over the 87 and a half total rushing and receiving. I'm staying away from that 70 and a half rushing number because I do think the Packers could put a lot of distance between themselves and the Rams in this one. So your play on Ravens Bills Saturday night is J.K. Dobbins over 57 and a half. Mm-hmm. Couple other Ravens I want to ask <clears throat> about now. It's a little dicey because I'm depending on Lamar Jackson to get it done through the air a little bit, but that goes into these numbers. Uh, Mark Andrews is at 56 and a half receiving yards on points bet. Bills struggle against tight ends. And Hollywood Brown, it seems like there's some yeah. sort of a connection there. He's also at 56 and a half. Do you like either of those? I like Marquise Brown better than I like Mark Andrews, and it's because of what we've seen from Marquise Brown uh, over the last, like I said, what, five, six weeks, going back to the last few weeks of the regular season. And what I like most about this with Marquise Brown and the way that he turned things around over the last month of the regular season and then again in the wildcard matchup with the Titans a week ago was that if you go back to August and September – this is what we thought Marquise Brown was going to be. I mean, he was one of the you know popular breakout receivers. Uh, if you go back uh, and turn back on your fantasy football draft brain from the end of the summer, he was regularly going as a top 20 to 25 receiver and with good reason. So this is who we thought he was going to be. We know that Baltimore's offense just didn't get off to the start that we expected. It seemed like they were still trying to figure things out on the fly, adjusting to the adjustments that the league made to a Lamar Jackson-led offense early in the season. But we saw after Lamar yeah, missed the game because of COVID, got back on the field, the team got passed by. We saw Baltimore's offense start to round into the form that we expected them to be at in week one, week two, early in the season. And so much of that was tied up in what Marquise Brown was going to be able to provide this team deep down the field. So even though we had to wait a little bit longer for it than a lot of us thought uh, we would have to, we are seeing the Marquise Brown now that we thought we were going to see early in the season. And so that has me uh, feeling pretty decent about that prop. I would lean toward that one over Mark Andrews. Not saying I'm going to play either one. I'm definitely not playing the Andrews one. Uh, just has uh, too much of a, a tendency to go dormant in some of these games. But I do like the Marquise Brown one a bit. 
a portion of my chat with the Athletics' Michael Beller on player props during my podcast, Bet Sweats. Subscribe, leave five stars to support. And our early odds regular is Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. He's at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. And Jim, it was easy money last night. Everybody on PointsBet on the app. They had a nice promo to get the hockey season started. It was Blackhawks plus 15. Now, I don't think you can bet with a lot of confidence this season in the Hawks, <laughs> but when you're giving me 15 goals, I'll take it. You have to take it when you're getting 15 goals. And that's the thing that I like with these sites is a lot of the different sites and just keep an eye on it. They'll throw a promotion out there like the plus 15 for the Hawks. And hey, the Hawks probably are not going to be great this year, Joe. But when it's 15 goals and it's the NHL, <laughs> at least you get a safe wager and a little bit of a safe return into the uh, into the bank account there. Okay, so we had some action on the ice. Now, today it's about the gridiron. Tomorrow it's about the gridiron. Uh, four games this weekend. Last weekend with the back-to-back triple header. That yep. was an absolute blast. Going to be the same deal this week as we uh, find out the four teams that will be participating. Championship Sunday next week. But I know you're focused on the first of four between right. the Packers and Rams. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about a, a similar scenario last week involving the Rams, and it was DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And I actually liked Metcalf on the under. And really, Joe, it just turned out that one big play, which kind of was a broken play, was what put him over for that wager. But this week, you have a similar matchup, and it's Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey. Devontae Adams' points betting total is 88 yards. So here's mm. the thing. Here's my logic for this one. You know Adams is going to get a ton of targets. You know Adams probably isn't going to have a horrible game where he's either shut out or only has say 15, 20 yards. So I think your exposure, if he stays under that number, isn't as great as what the exposure could be for him going over that total. So I like that number. I would play the over for the 88 yards for the points betting. What what are you thinking for Devontae Adams? Well, this is one of the main talking points on this game, and I certainly understand it. We might be talking about number one cornerback against number one wide receiver in the NFL. It's going to be awesome to just watch that i think a lot of people uh, instead of just watching the ball the whole game they're gonna they're gonna watch these two get at it yep. but like if you're looking from the packers side people question the hiring of lafleur but just look at his record and look at the points his offense is, is putting up on the board yeah life is easy when you have aaron Rodgers. But um, he's still done an excellent job, and you've got to imagine that they're going to find ways to scheme up Devontae Adams with some matchups that don't include Jalen Ramsey. What, what I found interesting doing my research this week, I mentioned it a little bit earlier on the show, is that Devontae Adams comes out of the slot about a quarter of the time. And Ramsey, even when he's shadowing some of the top wideouts in the game, he doesn't play the slot that much. We're talking about... I, th I think in the last four matchups when he's been shadowing guys, just 10 or 12 snaps in that slot. So that's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on. When yep. Adams goes into the slot, which he will do, maybe more than usual, is Ramsey going to follow him there? Right, and if he does, I think he's going to get exposed there. And, and, and that's what you have to watch. I mean, is Adams going to be in motion? Is he going to be in the slot? Are they going to do those quick passes where all he needs is to make a move to break it loose? And that's what I think you have to watch out for. And you know Aaron Rodgers is so good. They may try something early on in the game, see how Ramsey plays it, just mm -hmm. to play off of that for a similar play later on in the game. I just, I, I think there's a chance for him to have a big game. I, Aaron Donald, of course, going after the quarterback is something you have to watch for, but he's had to play almost every snap of every game just to get them into the playoffs. And to this point, you got to tend to wonder if he's getting a little bit tired too.
And I just want to see quick your thoughts on the Tampa Bay New Orleans game because I don't think any of us were overly impressed with the Bears this season. But New Orleans didn't seem that impressive in defeating the Bears last week. What did you do with the Tampa New Orleans game? Yeah, I was talking uh, through it with my buddy Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports earlier on the show, and he's big on New Orleans. And I'm like, Frank, man, maybe it's recency bias on my end, but I was just not that impressed with the Saints. And uh, talking with a terrific local NFL analyst for ESPN, Matt Bowen, earlier this week on my show, Bet Sweats, he's like, how are the Saints going to get these explosive plays? And he's right. All year it's been about the yak, especially with Kamara. And Thomas had a nice return against the Bears defense, but you've got to put some points up in this game. And Brady has turned back the clock over the last couple of years. Yes, he is. And they've been incredible after the bye. I mean, absolutely yeah. awesome since the buy-in. You have weapons galore. Gronk is actually starting to look a little bit like Gronk again. Yeah, Antonio Brown's starting to get a little bit better as the season progresses. I mean, you got Mike Evans. You got Godwin. You got you, there, There's weapons galore. Mm-hmm. And then you still got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in the backfield. I just I think Tampa might be the route to go. I was surprised this wasn't a pick em. I was surprised New Orleans was favored in there. Well, two really good defenses. People remember that New Orleans dominated during the regular season, but I think these are uh, different teams at this point once we get to the divisional round. Uh, Jim Miller, what do we think about the horses this weekend? Yeah, there's really one race you need to focus on. It's at the fairgrounds, uh, and it's race 13 later on today, the $200,000 LeComp Stakes. This is one of the Kentucky Derby preps that now we're going to start seeing Derby preps each and every weekend. But there's a horse in here to watch, Joe. It's the three-horse, Beep Beep. 12 to 1 in the morning line, bet the horse across the board. This is a horse that was really good in its debut. Jockey Joe Talamos coming from Kentucky to ride this horse. And I think Beep Beep's going to be really good. Then, if you want two other horses to watch, Laurel Race 8, the six horse Kenny had an ocean, and Tampa Race 7, the six, the Alligator Hunter. Got them all, Jim. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, let's talk next week about Championship Sunday, okay? You got it. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski returns to 8 a.m. next Saturday, but don't go anywhere because BetQL's countdown to kickoff is next. If you missed any of Early Odds this morning, rewind on the Radio.com app, or I'll tweet out the link to the full podcast at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Have fun today, tomorrow, and cash some tickets. Best of luck, everyone. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.